Uh, good morning or good afternoon or good evening, depending on where you are joining us. Uh, thank you all for uh, coming to this wonderful occasion. Uh, but I want to begin by offering my condolences to all Iranians, all lovers of music, all lovers of uh, integrity of art, for the passing of a true giant and a true icon, Mohammad uh, Shajarian. Uh, we have been fortunate to have him at Stanford, but I think it's a great loss for Iran, and it's a great loss for arts and uh, music. So uh, while we praise him, we are here to celebrate another icon, an icon of uh, uh, human rights, of civil disobedience, of defending for the rights of lawyers to do their job. And we are joined by a remarkable panel. Uh, I'm going to begin by asking Mr. Handan, who is joining us from Iran, to give us the latest update on the well-being and the health of uh, Nasrine. So today, I'm, he's going to speak in Persian. I'm going to translate for him. If I may, Jana Baghi, Handan, as you may wish, I am going to ask you to give us the latest update on Nasrine. من اول سلام عرض کنم خدمت خانم بادی که تازه تشریف آوردن جف عزیزم اینجا هست و همه دوستان و کسایی که صدای من میشنوند یا تصویر میبینند میدونید که نسیم بعد از یه دوره اعتصاب غذا الان از که دو هفته است که اعتصاب غذاشو تمام کرده فعلا یه بند زنان بخش تا دیروز بخش قرانتینه بود به خاطر اعزامش به بیمارستان از دیروز منتقل شد به قسمت اصلی بند کم کم وضعی جسمیش داره وزن میگیره حال عمومیش میگفت که بهتره اما فکر میکنم این بار لطمات خیلی زیادی اتصاب غذا بهش زده از جمله مشکلات قلبی و ناراحتی که از ناحیه قفص سینه و قلب احساس میکنه و بسیار هم خطرناک خود مسئولین زندان هم ظاهرا همین نگرانی رو دارن حالا باید بررسی بشه من تا منتظر بودیم یه خورده وضعیت جسمش بهتر بشه تا اینکه بشه اقدامی کرد حالا هفته های آینده امیدوارم بشه اعزام کرد به بیمارستان he offered his uh, greetings to Ms. Abadi for joining us to Jeff the director of the film and for all who can hear and uh, see him uh, as to the health of Nasrinist uh, today uh, after it's been two weeks since she ended uh, her hunger strike uh, uh, yesterday, they moved her from the quarantine uh, cell to the main cell block. Uh, her physical condition is not well. Uh, she has lost some weight. Uh, she has suffered uh, a lot of physical uh, difficulties uh, in heart, in her chest. Uh, it, all in all, uh, it, she is in a difficult uh, condition. Uh, prison authorities also recognize this, but because of her current health condition, there cannot be any curative measures taken. We are waiting for her weight to improve, for her general condition to improve, and then hopefully we can take the necessary steps to uh, improve her condition. Uh, I'm going to next ask uh, uh, Ms. Ebadi, uh, who has worked with uh, Nasrin Sutude, uh, who has had Nasrin Sutude as her attorney, uh, defending her to give us a context of her familiarity with Sutude and how there are other lawyers in Iran who have been persecuted or are imprisoned for doing exactly what their job is, defending uh, people who have been charged. Uh, as, uh, ارز کردم که در مورد فعالیتاتون و همکاریتون با سلام به شما و همه هموطنان عزیزم نسرین رو من از سالیان دور میشناسم اولین ملاقات ما زمانی بود که خبرنگار بود برای مصاحبه آمده بود من دیدم بسیار خوب سوال میکنه و خیلی چابک و تروفیر پرزه از تحصیلاتش خوب خودم خوب بچه رو تو وکیل نمیشی گفت حالا بررسی کنم ببینم و من دیگه او رو ندیدم چند سال بعد که در قامت یک وکیل بود اون موقع 
من رئیس انجمن حمایت از حقوق کودکان بودم آمد به انجمن ما و بسیار فعال بود در زمینه دفاع از کودکان و برای افرادی که زیر سن 18 سال مقوم بیدار شده بودن خیلی فعالیت های مفیدی میکرد دوستی ما همینطوری ادامه پیدا کرد تا اینکه کانون مدافعان حقوق بشر رو من و چند نفر از همکاران تأسیس کردیم نسرین در اونجا هم در کنار ما بود و مانند ما به رایگان از زندانیان سیاسی و عقیدتی دفاع میکرد او دوست خوب و همکار خوب من بوده خیلی مشکرم With greetings to all, uh, I have known Nasrin Sotudeh for, for many, many years. When I first met her, she was a journalist. She had come uh, to do an interview. I immediately recognized how clever, how uh, insightful her questions were. Uh, I asked about her education, and I suggested to her, why won't you become a lawyer? Uh, the next time I met her, uh, she was a lawyer. Uh, by that time, I had created a, a society for the defense of children. Uh, Nasreen became very active in that uh, uh, society. She was very active in defending people who are under the age of 18 and have been condemned to death uh, in Iran. Uh, later, I and a group of other lawyers created uh, uh, a society for the defense of human rights in Iran. Nasreen was also very active there. Like the rest of us, she worked uh, very uh, diligently and always for free to defend the rights of uh, prisoners who have been uh, denied their human rights. She has been a dear friend and a, a dear colleague for many years. Uh, now I, I want to, if possible, ask about how uh, the uh, European Parliament and the wonderful Uh, activist in Europe uh, became aware of her role and uh, uh, became uh, defenders of her right. We have a colleague at Stanford who has known her and is going to now give us her take. Thank you so much. And it, it's really a pleasure to join you on uh, a topic that is very, very close to my heart. Uh, it is almost 10 years ago uh, that uh, we started the process of nominating Nasrin for the so-called Sakharov Prize, the Human Rights Award that the European Parliament um, acknowledges for brave, outstanding, courageous human rights defenders. Uh, and I have to say, you know, in the aftermath of the Green Movement, uh, the peaceful demonstrations against the outcomes of the presidential elections in 2009 in Iran, Uh, human rights in Iran were very high on the agenda, but Nasrin then already stood out for her relentless work to defend uh, minors on death row, but uh, women's rights as well. And, and essentially the human rights, uh, even if you know, there's a lot to be criticized about uh, the protection of rights under Iranian law, her willingness to keep challenging injustices within the Islamic Republic. And uh, it was a great pleasure for us to learn that she was recognized uh, with the Sakharov Award after we, we nominated her. And then uh, a year later in 2013, I was part of the delegation of members of European Parliament who traveled to the Islamic Republic after a hiatus of, of seven years. And I wanna just share two brief uh, moments from that visit. There's a lot to say about it, but two things specifically to uh, the work of Nasrin Soutoudeh. Firstly, uh, we were in the end able to meet her uh, in an embassy and uh, were able to give the prize to her personally. And she had uh, very kindly uh, crafted a number of gifts when she was still in prison uh, the, the first time. And it was a very, very moving moment where I hope she felt the deep appreciation of so many Europeans for her fight for human rights. But what was perhaps more telling was that at one point uh, our delegation, and we were uh, five members of European Parliament, were able to take a small walk uh, on the bazaar of Tehran. And we could not take one step 
without being stopped by ordinary Iranians who would say to us, are, are you the, the delegation from the European Parliament? And uh, I can tell you that that's a rare occasion. You know, normally members of European Parliament are not celebrities. But in Iran, everybody recognized us. And it was not because of us. It was because we awarded Nasrin Sutudeh the Sakharov Prize, because we asked, how do you know that we're here, you know? And they said, well, we saw on the news, it had become a scandal um, in, in some conservative outlets that we had, you know, uh, awarded the, uh, the award to her. And uh, whether it was elderly or young people, whether it was men or women, uh, I honestly, could feel the uh, status that she has, the deep respect that many Iranian people have for Nasrin's work. And I think that they felt encouraged, I hope that they felt encouraged to keep fighting for their human rights, to keep supporting someone like Nasrin Sotudeh in her quest for more justice for all Iranian people. And it's been heartbreaking to see that she was arrested again after that, that her house was raided, and that the repression of the Iranian people and of, of Nasrin Sotudeh herself has not gotten any better. And so I think it is, it is very uh, good to see that there is now a film about her life and her struggle so that more people can become aware of it and so that uh, the pressure to free Nasrin can continue. Thank you very much. I hope you do bring more pressure. More pressure is needed. So now my last question from the panel is to Jeff, who has made this remarkable film, I think finally a film that is uh, uh, commensurate with her stature and with the uh, enormity of the struggle. So Jeff, how did you come to this project and how did you do this uh, magic? Well, magic uh, is just a, a combination of many people working together in, with the same goal. Um, I've done a number of previous films about Iran. Uh, there was sort of just a life journey that took me in that direction. Um, and one film uh, was with Amnesty International. It was about the persecution of the Baha'i faith in Iran. I was really touched by how often Baha'i, uh, people of the Baha'i community would talk about how uh, much they were helped by a Muslim neighbor. And I just love that idea of people crossing religious barriers to help each other. It was at a time in America where people were using <clears throat> those religious barriers, those religious divisions for political gain. Um, and so uh, producer Marsha Ross and I, this whole project is a combination of Marsha and, and my work and others, um, reached out to Nazreen uh, and Reza through a mutual friend um, in mid 2016 and asked if we could do a film about her work. And we had a goal that if we were lucky, the film would not just be about Nazreen and human rights, but it would also pay tribute to the Iranian people. Because one of the strong feelings we had is that people in America, people around the world, they don't understand how rich and interesting and complex uh, and uh, nourishing the Iranian culture is. Uh, and fortunately, Nazreen loves the arts and feels the arts are really important. And so naturally through her life, we were able to make those connections. Um, but I have to say that Nazreen right away said, well, I wouldn't want this film just to be about me. I'd want it to be about the community of people like Sharon Abadi, like Nargis Mohammadi, uh, like uh, Farhad Mezami, uh, you know, wonderful people uh, working grassroots for human rights in Iran. She always wanted to, to, to as she always does. She wanted it to be a larger community. And that was a goal we shared. Uh, lastly, I just have to say that for Marsha and me to get to know Reza, uh, to get to know uh, Nazreen, uh, to meet Sharon Abadi and Marit and others uh, was just the honor of a lifetime. And so we're very privileged to be here. Thank you very much. Uh, I began with the bad news. I can uh, continue with the good news. Uh, Nargisa Mohammadi was released from prison uh, a few hours ago. So uh, as a result of, I think, international pressure uh, and uh, having served much of her sentence. So there is uh, a piece of good news too. Uh, before we turn to uh, audience questions that are going to be uh, articulated by uh, Chosen and articulated by Roma, uh, does Mr. Khandan want to say something and Ms. Uh, Ebadi uh, coming back to everything that has been said, is there something you want to uh, uh, add uh, in terms of context, in terms of current status, uh, General Khandan? 
نکته ای هست که گفتم بعد از این صحبت هایی که شد و میدونم که ترجمه لازم ندارید ولی این صحبت هایی که شد نکته ای هست که بخواید اضافه بکنید قبل از اینکه به سوال های مردم بپردازید بله ببینید نکته ای که میخواستم من روش تاکید کنم اینه که خوشبختانه الان جذب توجه به وضعیت زندانیان سیاسی تو ایران هم داخل کشور هم بیرون کشور یه جو خوبیه علی رغم اینکه حکومت داره به شدت مقاومت میکنه در مقابل این اما ما باید از این فرصت به خوبی استفاده کنیم و به این تداوم بدیم و این فشار افکار عمومی چه داخلی چه بین المللی باید ادامه داشته باشه چون وضعیت زندانیان سیاسی به یه بحران ملی تبدیل شده تو ایران و روز به روزم داره شدیدتر و شدیدتر میشه و فرصت بی نظیر یا کم نظیری که الان ایجاد شده به نظرم و توجه خیلی گسترده هم به موضوع اعدام خوشبختانه خیلی بالا گرفته هم به شرایط زندانیان سیاسی از این فرصت باید استفاده کرد و همینطور افکار عمومی رو در این سطح نگه داشت که فشار بیارم بلکه شرایط زندانیان سیاسی تغییر کنه تو ایران I want to add one point he said fortunately at this moment international attention on the plight of political prisoners in Iran and attention within Iran has increased to a very very substantial the regime is very much resisting these pressures, uh, but uh, this is an opportunity. I think if we continue the pressure, if we continue to uh, bring along uh, international public opinion, uh, we can uh, bring about the necessary changes. The plight of uh, political prisoners in Iran has become a national crisis. It is every day becoming more serious. This is a rare opportunity to uh, bring about pressure change. This is a rare opportunity where the question of executions, the question of the conditions of political prisoners has uh, attracted international attention and national attention in an uh, unprecedented way. We should press on and we should turn this uh, opportunity, this moment, into an opportunity for change. نسرین در قالب یک وکیل مدافع کار میکرد و به همین دلیل هم فعالیتهاش متمرکز در این رشته بود و به همین دلیل رفت زندان علت زندانی, زندانی شدن نسرین فقط و فقط شغلش و ایفای وظیفه وکالتی بود و بایستی با کمال تأثب اضافه کنم فقط نسرین نیست که در زندانه الان در حال حاضر پنج وکیل دیگه هم در زندان هستن و در ده سال گذشته بیش از شست وکیل دادگستری به خاطر اشتغال به حرفه وکالت تحت تقریب کیفری قرار گرفتن برخی زندان های طویل مدتی رو متحمل شدن مانند آقای سلطانی و سیفزاده برخی زندانشون یکی دو سال بود آم... کشیدن آمدن بیرون مثل آقای اولیای فرد برخی دیگر در سنینی نبودن که زندان رو تحمل بکنن مجبور شدند ایران رو ترک کنند مانند خانم محناز پراکند و بسیاری دیگر که آمدن بیرون این روش باعث شد که وکلای دیگر با احتیاط و با پرهیز از درگیری با حکومت دیگه قبول نکنند پرونده های متهمان سیاسی و عقیدتی رو و در نتیجه مردم بی دفاع موندند مشکل اینجاست که الان 
مردم واقعا دستشون بسته است چرا؟ برای اینکه وکلا هر کس پا به میدان دفاع میگذاره در این زمینه سر کارش بالاخره با زندان میفته و این بزرگترین آسیبی است که به جامعه مدنی و فعالین سیاسی در ایران خورده بیپناه شدند As you can see in the film, uh, Masrini Sotude worked uh, as a defense attorney, as a lawyer. The only reason that she has been put in prison is because she was pursuing her profession. Uh, there is no other reason other than her insistence on the continued performance of her routine, of her role as a lawyer. <clears throat> uh, But unfortunately, uh, Nasrin is not the only one who uh, uh, is uh, in prison. There are, as we speak, five other lawyers who are serving time in prison. Uh, over the course of the last 10 years, there has been at least 60 other attorneys who have been uh, uh, charged and served in prison, sometimes for longer, long periods of time. For example, Mr. Sultani and Mr. Zaidzadeh served many long years in prison. Some, uh, like Mr. Oli Aifal, served a couple of years. Some, because of their age, because of their condition, left Iran, like Ms. Mahnaze Parakan. And many, many others, uh, because seeing the, what had happened to these lawyers who had defended political dissidents, uh, became cautious and began to avoid taking uh, uh, cases uh, that would eventually end them in prison. Uh, as a result, uh, political prisoners, as a result, Iranian people have become uh, defenseless. Uh, they, uh, have, uh, they are without help in defending their rights. Every uh, prison uh, lawyer who has taken one of these cases has essentially ended up in prison. The biggest damage of these, uh, this approach has been to the uh, Iranian civil society. Iranian civil society and its activists have been rendered helpless in the uh, face of, uh, in legally helpless in the face of these calamities. Uh, I think uh, we should open, uh, I know that there are questions that people have. Uh, if uh, anybody wants, if Jeff or somebody else wants to add something to what has been said before we open it up to uh, audience questions, please go ahead and say it. I'll just add one thing, which is that people, as you said before, um, international pressure can make a difference. Um, and so uh, it's not just enough to have a conference or a film or a conversation. It's important to follow that up with action and support from around the world, uh, both yourself and encouraging others. Uh, there are petitions from Penn uh, America uh, and other institutions highly respected that will put pressure on the Iranian authorities. Uh, and, I, um, and you can also do it through the website for our film, which is nazarenefilm.com. Um, so um, don't just watch and listen be active. Um, yeah, and, and while we wait for the first question, I have to say that uh, just yesterday, uh, Ms. Ebadi uh, Hamida Mogaddam, uh, who's a very uh, prominent uh, uh, Iranian-American businessman, and I published an op-ed uh, asking the international community to come to the defense of Iranian political prisoners, asking the international legal organizations discontinue any contact with uh, uh, regime-affiliated organizations, asking the international sports organizations to ban Iran till they can change their behavior and become law-abiding members of the international community. This kind of a behavior, the executions that have happened, Navida Afkari, the pressures on Nasrina Sotudeh and others, this has to stop. And the only way it will stop is if we bring this kind of international uh, pressure. Uh, so, uh, Ms. Parha, do you want to uh, uh, ask the first question? 
Thank you. We have a lot of questions and comments. Um, Jeff, let's start with you. Viewers are asking if you can say a bit more about how the film, the film was made, the risk that individuals took to help film it. And um, one viewer in particular <coughs> says, beyond filming the entire film, how much of a hand did the videographers in Iran have in post-production? It was an amazing piece of work, and I'm curious how many Iranians were involved in a production about our culture, especially one directed by a non-Iranian. Yeah, I'm very sensitive to the fact that uh, obviously I'm not from Iran, uh, although I had a strong urge to um, channel um, the experiences um, that um, of people that I worked with um, and their inspiration. We um, we worked with a number of people in Iran to shoot this film uh, because I had done numerous films about Iran before and also because showing up in Iran with a big film crew is not a really good way to be discreet. Um, we uh, worked privately with several really brave people who were also very talented um, and we got additional footage from some other sources as well. I can't tell you the depth of respect I have uh, for those individuals who gave us this footage. There's a conversation I remember that one had with Nazreen that we didn't put in the film where they were, where she was talking about the risk that this filmmaker was putting themselves at uh, to be filming. And this person said, well, you know, Ms. Sudaday, you know, I'm just doing what you're doing um, and we have to do this together. It's incredibly inspiring. And everyone in the film that you just saw uh, also signed a full legal release saying you, you know, that you can use me in your documentary. So everyone was aware uh, and participating. Uh, again, uh, you know, you can, you can make a film about a lot of other things uh, without those stakes involved. So we just tried to respect that as much as possible. Uh, as far as post-production is concerned, uh, we had numerous people, uh, translators, producers, associate producers, and just friends and colleagues and people we got to know who saw the film at every phase, uh, gave us their input, and we tried to respect that. Um, you know, you can't tell a whole culture in one film, but we want, wanted to pay respect to, to, to everyone we got to know and everyone we hope to know in the future. Thank you. This question is for Dr. Abadi. Can you comment on why the majority of the Iranian human rights lawyers are women? In a patriarchal society like Iran, what are the societal, cultural, and psychological factors that prompt women to rise up so courageously to fight for everyone's rights and not just for women's rights? Um, توجه به زنان در حقیقت نقش مفیدی است که اینها در مقاطع مختلف در مبارزات برای آزادی و حقوق برابر ایفا کنند و در تمامی سطوح این فعالیت ها دیده میشه از ورزشکارها گرفته تا نویسندگان تا وکلا تا افرادی که برای حقوق برابر فعالیت میکنند و همچنین زنان زیادی که در زمینه امور چریتی و خیریه فعال هستند من با قاطعیت میتوانم بگویم جنبش فمینیستی که در ایران وجود داره قوی ترین جنبشی است که در خاورمیانه هست ما به زنامون افتخار میکنیم و اضافه میکنم که مردان هم در این جنبش هستند و فعالند من خودم چندین موکل مرد داشتم که به خاطر حمایت از جنبش های زنان و شرکت در تظاهراتی که زنها ترتیب داده بودند به زندان رفته بودند و این جنبش فمینیستی رو در ایران قویتر میکنه و سمت دیگر جنبش فمینیستی در ایران منحصر نشده به حقوق زن بلکه فراتر هم رفته 
در ارتباط با مسائل کارگری در ارتباط با دانشجویان در تمامی زمینه ها این جنبش ها داره به هم وصل میشه و من میتونم بگم حلقه اتصال اینا در حقیقت زنا هستند به همین دلیله که حکومت از زنا میترسه و من در حال حاضر که با شما صحبت میکنم بیش از چهل نفر در زن در زندان اوین هستم تمام فعال سیاسی و مدنی و در شهرستانان تعداد زیادی هستند این نشانه قدرت زنان ایران و ترس حکومت از زنان است Uh, I think uh, the reason for that, at that prominence uh, of women in the civil rights and human rights uh, domain uh, is that uh, if you look at it historically, uh, Iranian women have played a critical role uh, in the fight for uh, freedom and for equal rights throughout uh, modern Iranian history. And it isn't just in the legal domain. Uh, women athletes, women writers, women lawyers, uh, those who are active for equality before the law in the domain of charity. I can say with some certainty that the Iranian feminist movement today is the strongest in the Middle East. Uh, I am honored, I am proud of Iranian uh, women. But of course, there are men too who have joined this uh, movement. Some of my own attorneys were Iranian, uh, Iranian men. Uh, there were Iranian men who joined the uh, women's movement, who defended a woman and ended up in prison. Uh, this uh, participation of men has made the Iranian feminist movement uh, stronger. Uh, furthermore, the Iranian feminist movement has not remained focused only on the rights of women. It has expanded itself. It now is involved in the labor movement, in the student movement. And in, in a way, uh, the connecting link to all of these uh, different facets of the social movement in Iran are women. And that's why uh, the regime is afraid of women. That's why today, as we speak, there are more than 40 women uh, who are social activists, who are civil, right, civil society activists, who are in Evin prison alone. There are many others in other cities at, at all, uh, uh, throughout Iran. These are all manifestations of the power of women in Iran. And they also indicate the fact that they're in prison indicates that the Iranian regime is afraid of uh, women. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, this question, I think, maybe for Ms. Shake and Dr. Mani, if you want to comment on it also. Uh, viewer writes, the Trump administration just announced new sweeping sanctions on Iran in response to Europe's human rights report. What are your thoughts? Should I start? Sure. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. So uh, in the European Parliament as well, we have long made the case for individual accountability of human rights violators. So I think it is really important and also distinct from broad sanctions that may impact the full country. I mean, it's clear that the Iranian people are already suffering enough under the conditions that they have to live in, the lack of equal rights, the uh, economic and corruption problems, you know, the, the foreign policies uh, that, that the government is engaging in. So um, we always made the case for holding those individuals to account who in the judiciary system or in the political hierarchy were personally and directly responsible for, for example, the death penalties, the lack of fair trial, um, and, and, you know, the grave human rights violations that are systematic and that are exemplified by the way in which Nasrin is treated. Uh, very unjustly. So yes, I would say that uh, targeted sanctions in response to human rights violations are uh, are a way to apply pressure. Uh, I fully agree. I, I don't want to engage in a lengthy discussion of this, but I, I fully agree that everyone who is involved in the brutalities in Iran, everyone who was involved in the breach of human rights in Iran, 
everyone who is involved in these cases uh, and the ones at the top, including the ones at the middle who uh, execute these orders, because these orders come from the top. That, that uh, a judge who uh, gives 38 years to Nasrin today for a prison sentence isn't doing this on his own. The order comes from the top. So from the top to the, uh, that level, I think they should all be sanctioned. I think existing laws should be used to confiscate the property. They should be banned from travel. This is a pariah judiciary and everyone dealing, working in this pariah judiciary and this pariah regime that is using this regime to brutalize the people, I think they should be uh, sanctioned. I am absolutely against sanctioning medicine. I am absolutely against sanctioning food, but I am all for sanctioning everyone who contributes to the brutalities of this regime, confiscate their money and make them uh, uh, difficult for them to travel. Yes, but I, can I add something uh, as an American on the panel, which is that this Trump administration has no moral standing to talk about human rights. And so when they talk about human rights in Iran, it's good to bring that up internationally, but they're doing it for their own domestic political purposes. Uh, this is an administration that doesn't want people to peacefully protest in our own cities. So it would mean a lot more if, uh, if this administration would live up to the old standards that it's asking Iran to live up to, just to say. Of course, we believe in equal rights to speak for everybody, absolutely. You have to apply this country too. You can't just yeah, absolutely. Your yeah. but go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. There's a comment I wanna read that someone um, submitted from Mr. Hondan. It says, um, respected Mr. Hondan, in watching the film, I was truly amazed by your continued activism while facing your own sentence and still caring for Ms. Nasreen and your children. As a young man in college now, I was very moved by the way you set the example of what it means to be a man in today's world. And I hope that someday I can follow in your example as a husband or father. May God grant peace and freedom to you and your family. I wanted to share that if you want to comment on that. If not, there are a few um, comments and questions about um, Nargis Mohammadi's case. And if you have any comments on whether it gives you hope for Nasreen's situation, were they in prison together? Were they in the same part of Evin prison? So I'll leave the comment if you want to respond. If not, there are a few questions. مسائل خانواده و اینکه نحوه تلفیقی که شما از این نقش‌های مختلف انجام دادید پدر همسر مبارز مدنی خودتون یک الگوی تازه‌ای برای مرد بودن در شرایط امروز ایران ایجاد می‌کنه و می‌خواستن از شما تشکر کنن که یک چنین الگویی در زندگی در این فیلم برایشون ایجاد کردید به من فکر کنم کمی توضیح دادم در مورد اینکه چطور این در واقع فشارهای گوناگونی که روی شما هست و هر حال حل میکنید و ادامه میدید و با نشاط و مقاومت و سربلندی در این چند جبه میجنگید خیلی برای همه فکر کنم کمک کنه بعدم نرگس محمدی اگر چیزی در مورد ایشون بر رابطهشون با خانم ستوده و بله بله من قبل از همه چی خب امروز دو تا خبر برای ما اومد خبر اول که بسیار خوشحال کننده بود آزادی خانم نرگس محمدی که قافل گیرانه بود و متاسفانه بعد از اون خبر درگذشت استاد چجریان بود که بسیار بسیار برای تمام مردم ایران و برای اهل موسیقی و اهل فرهنگ خب بسیار تکان دهنده بود این خبر که من از این فرصت باید استفاده کنم تسلیت بگم به خانوادهشون و تمام مردم ایران و مردمی که در تمام دنیا عاشق موسیقی هستند عاشق صدای شجریان و امثال اون بودن 
اما در رابطه با موضوعی که دوستان لطف کردن اولا احساس میکنم یه مقدار تو این رابطه جف فیلمش رو به سمت هدایت کرده که تا حدودی حالا بگم بزرگ نمایی یا خیلی برجسته شده به اون سوپرمنی نیست نقش من اما یکی از چیزایی که شانسای بزرگی که خانواده ما همگی داریم اونم اینه که داشتن یک بستر خیلی مناسبی از دوستان و افراد خانواده فامیل دوربرمون هست که این بسیار بسیار تو این زمینه به ما کمک میکنه یعنی با کوچیکترین اتفاقی اینطوری نیستش که من به تنهایی بتونم از عهده بسیاری از این مسائل در بیام کل فامیل دوروبر از خانواده نسرین از خانواده خود من همه اینها بسیج میشن کوچیکترین اتفاقی که میفته همگی وسط میام و کمک بزرگی میکنن من تا اینجا اجازه بدید ترجمه کنید که بعد Uh, one was uh, good news, uh, the freedom of uh, Nargis Mahmadi, it was unexpected. Uh, but there was also the sad news of the passing of uh, Mastro Shajarian. Uh, I think uh, everyone in Iran, I think everyone who loves uh, culture, who loves music, everyone who loves culture and music in Iran and outside Iran are saddened by this. Uh, I, I offer my condolences to his family and to all of the Iranian people who loved him and who loved uh, Shajarian. In, in terms of the question that uh, you had kindly suggested, uh, I think in this respect, uh, Jeff has maybe uh, created uh, too much of an image of me. There's nothing like a Superman at work here. Uh, I think what is our big fortune in our family uh, is that we uh, operate in the context of a network of family and friends who help us at every turn. Uh, I would have never been able to do all of this on my own, uh, whether it is my family, whether it is Nasreen's family, whether it is my friends, the slightest thing that happened, every one of them comes in and offers their uh, support. And it is because of that network of support that we have been able to sustain ourselves. <coughs> um. نکته بعد اینه که واقعیتش اینه که موقعی که نسرین بیرونه شکل زندگی ما یه دفعه به طور اساسی دگرگون نمیشه اینکه هر کسی بره تو جایگاه سنتی خودش نسرین تو جایگاه زنانگی خودش بره گوشه خونه کارای خودش رو بکنه یا من به عنوان مرد خونه بخوام برم تو فضاهای خاص خودم خب اینطوری نیست یه جوری زندگی همون آمیخته از هر کس هر تو همه زمینه ها داره کار خودش رو میکنه چه فعالیت های بیرونیش چه کارهایی که توی خونه مسئولیت هایی که داره و این در همه آمیختگی کارها در همه شرایط باعث میشه که اتفاقات این چنین میفته خب ما احساس خلای زیادی نمیکنیم به لحاظ عاطفی طبیعیه که احساس خلا هست آدم خب دوری احساس میکنیم به اضافه اینکه کارهای بیشتری اضافه میشه شما باید درگیر مسائل زندان و ملاقات و این داستان ها بشید اما به لحاظ سبک زندگی خیلی دگرگون نمیشه اینطوری نیست که شما یه خانم خونه رو بردارید یا احیانا نسرین باشه من از اینجا بردارید اون با بمونه توی خونه و نمیدونه چیکار باید بکنه در نتیجه ضمن مثلا اینکه به هم دیگه وابستگی های قطعا داریم اما خب سبک زندگی ما اینطوری نبوده که با برداشتن یکی شیرازه زندگی از هم بپاشه البته فقط ما نیستیم اینو تاکید بکنم خب بسیاری از خانواده ها درگیر این زندان و بازداشت هستن و خب اینها هم سرپای خودشون هستن و شایدم یه علتش این باشه که ما سرصدامون زیاد خب بیشتر برجسته میشه یه مقدار به حساب اینم باید گذاشت موضوع رو اما این در همامیختگی زندگی در شرایط عادی باعث میشه که اون خلعه هیچ وقت ایجاد نمیشه که ما متلاشی بشیم توی زندگیمون شاید یه دلیل عمدش این باشه 
the, the second point that I want to say uh, and uh, remind everyone uh, is that uh, uh, the reality is that uh, our, our lives uh, are, are not uh, normal in the sense that uh, it is not uh, not seen uh, when she is out of prison uh, functioning as a traditional Iranian woman and I as a traditional Iranian man each of us having separate spaces, each of us having separate uh, functions. Our life as a family is intermingled. Uh, the, our work outside, our work inside is intermingled. When she is not there, uh, obviously there is a vacuum. Uh, there is an emotional vacuum, but it is not as if, if uh, she is taken from this, uh, the whole life stru structure will collapse. There is more work to be done, there is issues of visiting the hospital, of, of the uh, prison, uh, but our style of life does not change. Uh, my, uh, the amount of work each of us have to do uh, uh, increases, but the structure, because we are so intermingled and interdependent, doesn't uh, uh, change. Uh, obviously, if I was taken out of this uh, context and I was sent to prison, uh, it, uh, our life would not fall apart. Uh, Nasrin would know exactly how to continue uh, managing our family uh, the way I do it. Uh, the other point is that uh, you hear about uh, our uh, ability to survive as a family because there is more publicity about us. There are other uh, political families uh, whose loved ones are taken away and they too uh, combine and uh, continue. Uh, so, uh, in, because of this intermingling and interworking and working together uh, during normal times, uh, when prison time comes, uh, life doesn't get shattered, uh, but we only feel the emotional vacuum of her uh, absence. Uh, Roma, is there another question you want to? Yeah, this is I, this can be for everyone. It's mostly for for Jeff, but we have a lot of people asking. You know, this was very moving. What can we do to help? What can we do beyond signing a petition um, for Nasreen and for uh, all the other people who are in a similar situation? So I don't know if we want to take a few minutes if everyone wants to comment on that as we close. Um, there are a lot of other questions and comments that we just don't have time to get to. Um, I, I think each person here can follow up. Uh, in ways that other people can get active. And I think that absolutely that is the essential thing is to take this awareness and to use it, to multiply it. Um, again, we have a petition on our website for the film, uh, nazarenefilm.com, that's through uh, Penn America. Uh, and uh, that keeps growing, uh, but it's important to have that voice grow and multiply in different ways. Uh, Dr. Milani, do you have a suggestion on how to build on that as well? Again, the uh, article you wrote yesterday um, addresses that in a different way. Yeah, I'll, I'll say, let, let, let's hear from the others. I'll uh, put in my two bits uh, about how to contribute to this as well. <clears throat> Anybody else? Please. A few thoughts. I mean, I think it is important to keep reminding politicians that this is important and the problem is not solved, that human rights are still systematically violated in Iran and that uh, Nasrin Sutudeh's case is really uh, a symbol of the treatment of many uh, more Iranians. And so I would say also to the Iranian diaspora, which uh, if I'm not mistaken, quite a few have called in today and I understand because you know I, I think that they uh, see Nasrin as a hero of theirs first and foremost. Um, I think it would also be really great if different organizations can work together. Uh, sometimes there can be a little bit of fragmentation in, for example, civil society landscapes, and it, it doesn't always help, right? So uh, to speak for the protection of human rights on behalf of as many people as possible and, and to keep reminding those politicians uh, that they have a responsibility to act. And I fully agree with what um, Jeff Kaufman said earlier that 
you know, the, the ability to credibly speak for any politician from a democracy, from the West, from Europe, from the United States, much depends on their own track record. And so uh, avoiding the instrumentalizing of any kind of narrative, I think is also in the interest of, of saving and protecting and uh, freeing Nasreen. So hopefully uh, people can, can join organizations that are already out there, uh, find representatives that they, that they believe can, can best apply this kind of pressure and just not relent. I mean, uh, I think uh, a violation of rights anywhere is a, is a violation of our collective uh, dignity and well-being. So uh, it is important that we keep reminding everybody what is at stake here. به سایر کشورها و مردم دنیا هم مربوطه بنابراین خواهش من از جامعه مدنی بین المللی این است که بی تفاوت نمانید نسبت به سرنوشت نسرین و سایر وکلایی که در زندان هستند من هم کاران خودم رو در سطح بین المللی به کمک میطلبم چرا اجازه میدید با وکلای ایران این رفتار رو انجام بدن که در نتیجه اون مردم بیپناه بمونن و بیوکیل بمونن من از جامعه مدنی در سطح بین المللی استمداد میطلبم که به حکومت هاتون بگویید به حقوق بشر بیشتر توجه کنند امضای قراردادهای تجاری رو و منافع اقتصادی رو مقدم بر حقوق بشر ندانند ما به کمک همدیگه میتوانیم پیروز بشویم مردم ایران سالهاست برای دموکراسی و آزادی در ایران مبارزه میکنند اما جامعه مدنی هم بایستی صدای ما رو بشنوه باید بداند که مردم ایران چه میگویند و خواست سادهشون که آزادی باشه چیست صدای بلندگویی باشید برای صدای ما human rights is a global concept. Uh, what happens in every country eventually impacts what happens in other countries. Uh, I plead to the international civil society, do not become indifferent to the plight of Nasrin Sutude and other lawyers uh, imprisoned in Iran. Uh, I uh, ask them, do not, uh, I ask lawyers, jurists, international lawyers and jurists at the international level, uh, do not allow this treatment of uh, attorneys to continue. Uh, this treatment has meant that the Iranian people have been left defenseless. Uh, I plead with the international community, pay more attention to human rights. Do not make your economic interests more important than human rights. Only if we are together, if we help one another, can we succeed. The Iranian people have been struggling for freedom for a long time. Uh, I ask the international uh, civil society to become the voice of the Iranian people. The Iranian people have a single, simple uh, request. They want freedom. Become uh, the voice uh, of uh, the Iranian uh, demand for freedom and equality. خیلی متشکرم جناب خندان. سوالتون متوجه نشدم. سوال در مورد این بود که چه کاری در این شرایط میشه کرد برای اینکه این جریان ادامه پیدا بکنه و استمرار پیدا بکنه و کمکی بشه به وضعیت حقوق بشر در ایران. 
واقعیتش اینه که زندانیان بزرگترین انتظارشون از مایی که بیرون هستیم اینه که همواره صدای اونا باشیم هر کسی به هر شکلی و با هر فرمی میتونه به این صدا کمک بکنه از شبکه های اجتماعی بگیر تا نامه هایی که کمپین هایی که درست میشه مکاتباتی که با نهادهای های بین المللی و نهادهای های حقوق بشری انجام میشه تک تک اینها بسیار موثرند شاید ما مقاومت حکومت رو در بسیاری از مواقع دلیل بر این بدونیم که این فضاهای مجازی این نامه ها این کمپینا هیچ گونه تأثیری ندارند اما واقعیتش اینه که اگر امروز ما فکر میکنیم و مطمئنیم به اینکه شرایط امروز ما با دهه 60 یکسان نیست درسته که الان ما میگیم خیلی زندانی داریم خیلی فشار هستن اما واقعیتش اینه که به هیچ وجه با دهه 60 قابل مقایسه نیست با گذشته قابل مقایسه نیست فرقی که اتفاقی که افتاده اینه که الان صداها بلنده صداها شنیده میشه و حکومت مجبور شده که عقب نشینی کنه تا اینجا و کوچکترین فشاری علیه یک زندانی بازتاب نه تنها داخلی بلکه بازتاب جهانی پیدا میکنه و این موقعیت بسیار خوبیه و در سایه این همبستگی بین المللیه الان من تاکید میکنم صدای زندانیان سیاسی توی ایران و محکومین به اعدام به دنیا رسیده ما باید این آستانه رو حفظ بکنیم و حتی بالاتر ببریم اما از تشکیل کمپین های مجازی کمپین های واقعی روزهای آینده من خبرهای زیادی دارم در رابطه با اعدام برنامه های زیادی تو کشورهای مختلف دارن کمپین های مختلفی دارن تشکیل میدن و این رو جدای از گروه بندی های سیاسی و تفکرات ایدئولوژیکی که ممکنه برخی گروه ها داشته باشن اما در یک چیزی ما باید بچه مشترک داشته باشیم اونم خواست آزادی زندانیان سیاسی برچیده شدن اعدام الان موضوعیه که افکار عمومی به اون میپردازن و به هر شکلی هر کسی میتونه تو هر جایگاهی اینو ادامه بده این بسیار نتیجه بخش خواهد بود من به این ایمان دارم The reality is that uh, political prisoners uh, expect of us to become their voice. We can become their voice in many forms, in many uh, arenas, from social media to contacting uh, international organizations to writing to government officials. Uh, It is generally thought that the regime uh, is oblivious uh, and imperious to these pressures. But the reality is different. The reality is that bad as situation of prisons are in Iran, as numerous political prisoners are in Iran, it is not comparable to 20 years ago. Uh, There are many prisons, many political prisoners, but now the voice of political prisoners can be heard around the world. The regime has been forced to retreat. Every time a prisoner is condemned to death, every time something happens to a political prisoner, it is reflected both domestically and internationally. There has now been created a kind of organized international movement uh, to both uh, condemn uh, executions and uh, become the voice of uh, political prisoners in Iran. This is a auspicious beginning, but we should elevate it. We should continue. We should persevere. We should uh, forfeit our ideological attachments. We should make the demand of the freedom of all political prisoners and the end to executions, something that we can all join in, uh, everyone in every domain, regardless of how individual it is, can be contributing to this process. And I have no doubt that it will be, uh, it, it will have an impact. I can, <clears throat> let me end by thanking all of you for participating uh, from all corners of uh, the world. Uh, let me thank Jeff again for uh, making this film. Uh, I, I can tell you uh, that the first time I saw the film, uh, I couldn't uh, but uh, weep 
there was uh, tears of joys, it was tears of sadness, uh, joy at having iconic figures like uh, Nasrina Satude, like Shirina Ebadi, like Nargese Muhammadi, like May Sami. These are people who are remarkable and to make a brilliant film about them uh, brought to my eyes tears of joy and tears of uh, grief. I think we should support this film. I think we should make it uh, seen everywhere. I think we should support uh, Jeff's effort to start a campaign to make sure that this film is seen everywhere and is made accessible to as many people as possible. If an Iranian diaspora cannot unite around a unifying theme like human rights, political prisoners' rights, and end of execution, if it cannot uh, cohere around iconic figures like Nasrun Institute, then we have forfeited our responsibility to be a contributing part of a transition that I think is inevitable in Iran, a transition to a more democratic, a more secular uh, Iran, an Iran where women are equal to men, all religions are equal to uh, each other, and everyone has a right, uh, equal right to contribute. Uh, that Iran is not that far away. And to me, one of the things one sees in this film is exactly uh, the, the brilliant embryonic efforts, the defiance from Nasrin to the person who takes the film, to the American filmmaker who makes the film, uh, that will make this transition possible. Uh, please uh, help Jeff continue this effort and uh, let's all continue pressuring the international community. As Ms. Ebadi brilliantly said, human rights is not an instrument. Human rights is an absolute moral imperative. Governments who today deal with the Iranian regime and ignore its breaches of human rights do so at their peril. This status quo will not stay. And when Iran is run by Iranians, those who have ignored the breaches of human rights, I think will be standing on the wrong side of history. Thank you for all of, uh, thank you all, all for joining us. And uh, see you next time when we celebrate the freedom of uh, Nasrin Nasir today. Thanks. Thank, thank you. you everyone. Thank you. Thank you.